Welcome to The Greek Current, a podcast by Halk and Kathy Merini. I'm your host, Thanos Davelis. With a relative calm taking hold in the Aegean between Greece and Turkey, Athens is turning its focus to the Western Balkans. Here, Greece is looking to play an active role in resolving disputes in the region, such as between Serbia and Kosovo, and facilitating the full integration of the Western Balkans into both the EU and NATO. Greece's relations with Albania also fall under this agenda. As Greece looks to build on its record as a problem solver in the Balkans, Foreign Minister Nikos Dendias traveled to Cyprus this week, where he met with his Cypriot and Israeli counterparts as the three countries work to deepen their dynamic regional partnership. Vasilis Nedos, Kathimerini's diplomatic and defense editor, joins me to look at Greece's Balkan agenda, the latest trilateral in Cyprus, and more. Vasili, always great to have you back on The Greek Current. Thanks for having me, Tano. Vasili, with a sense of calm prevailing in the Aegean, Athens has once again turned its attention to the Western Balkans. You know, what does Greece's Balkan agenda look like? Well, I would say that the attention of the country has always been kind of drawn by the Western Balkans, mostly because this is a region that produces potential instability, since uh, all those countries are out of the European Union. And until a few years ago, they were not even NATO. So that, let's say, principled position that the Western Balkans should be somehow on a trajectory towards a certain European uh, integration has been uh, quite stable. Now, uh, what has changed in the last few uh, months is that Greece has become uh, a little bit more active in uh, trying to facilitate dialogue between Belgrade and Pristina on a plan that has been promoted by France and Germany. Greece is uh, the older country as the older European Union and NATO member in the broader region, and it is involved. And we should also keep in mind that if Greece was out of the loop, then probably other countries would try to play that role in its stead. And of course, since Turkey's influence in the Western Balkans is always there, Greece wants to be present in the Western Balkans for that reason too. So one thing is, of course, facilitating the dialogue between Belgrade and Kosovo. Things have acquired a quicker pace after the war in Ukraine because the Americans and other actors in the region recognize that the countries out of the European Union could become a target for destabilization by actors that are connected with Russia, whether it is, you know, malign influence through disinformation, but also more dangerous situations. And at the same time, Greece has a national interest also to do so. Greece had a dispute with North Macedonia, a name dispute. This has been resolved. Now, the big, let's say, the big plan for Greece's presence in the Western Balkans is how we solve our disputes with Albania. Vasily, in a recent analysis in Kathimerini, you stressed the importance of Greece's ties with both Kosovo and Albania, which you just mentioned. I want to dig into this. You know, what's the broader significance of Greece's ties to Albania and, and to Kosovo, especially when we look at the regional framework? When we look at the regional framework, briefly I'll say something about Kosovo. Greece needs to be present in Kosovo and needs to keep that discussion about the possibility of recognizing the country at some point alive. Of course, in order to do something like this, in order to recognize Kosovo and the statehood of Kosovo, it has to be able to be involved in what's happening right now there between Kosovo and Serbia. So I would say that before Kosovo and Serbia decide on how they want to draw their future relationship, Greece cannot possibly recognize Kosovo. That's one thing. The second thing is Albania. 
Albania, of course, is a very central country in the Western Balkans. It has a special relationship with Kosovo. We should not be forgetting that a big part of the population of North Macedonia are ethnic Albanians. So this is significant as well. We have a national minority there, a national Greek minority in uh, the south of the country. And hundreds of thousands of Albanian origin citizens have been working and living in Greece as well. So this is something that we must take into consideration. Also, Turkey has used Albanian. This is something that Albanian politicians have publicly acknowledged, that sometimes Turkey used its influence on Albania to create pressure on Greece. So our relationship with Albania is uh, very important for all these reasons. The prime minister of Albania was here in Athens the previous days, and he repeated uh, that he himself and Prime Minister Mitsotakis have agreed to send the dispute on maritime zones at the International Court of Justice at The Hague. Of course, this is not the first time uh, that Mr. Rama says something like this. We need to see if this is, you know, if he means what he says or uh, it's just a way of uh, moving around, trying to, uh, you know, push the discussion to the future. We'll see about that when we have a government in Greece also. So I think that, you know, all these issues constitute a very strong argument in favor of be able to be present in the Balkans, in the Western Balkans especially and have a principled foreign policy towards all the countries of the region. I would only add here that for other reasons, Greece does not have a very strong connection with what's happening in Bosnia-Herzegovina, which by default is a country where other Western powers have been trying to assert an influence, mostly Austria and, of course, Germany. Vasily, as Greece looks to build on its record, as a problem solver in the Balkans. Foreign Minister Nikos Dendias traveled to Cyprus today, where he met with the foreign ministers of Cyprus and Israel to deepen this dynamic regional partnership. Now, what message was sent with his latest trilateral? From what we saw today in Nicosia, all three countries supported certain uh, common uh, denominator, which is agree on working together on, on energy, but also all three of them supported the idea of moving very quickly on the three plus one with the United States. This is something that hasn't happened for some time. And all three foreign ministers, foreign minister Dendias, Kombos from Cyprus and Eliko and from Israel, agreed that the United States should be more involved in this regard. Now I think that an interesting news item from Mr. Dendia's speech was that he stated that Greece is not against the probability of Turkey entering the East Med Gas Forum under a certain circumstance, of course, which is respect of international law. Uh, now, that's a very interesting choice of words, because a few days ago, when we had the last high-level meetings on a ministerial level between uh, Egypt and Turkey, from the Egyptian side, there was a, a leak towards the press, according to which if Turkey wants to get into the MGF, they should first solve their problems with Cyprus and Greece. So I find that quite interesting. Now, even though all three ministers agreed on the cooperation on energy, I should say that both the ministers of Greece and Cyprus referred to you know, Euro-Asia interconnector, but the East Med pipeline as well. Mr. Cohen did not refer to those two projects, but he mostly was uh, centered on the possibility of working together, of cooperating in renewables. 
And also Mr. Cohen repeated something that has become a certain, I should say, stable position from the Israeli side in the last few months, that you know Israel is continuing to develop its relationship with other countries in the region. And this will not come in any form at the expense of the relationship of Israel with Greece and Cyprus. So, you know, apparently he means uh, the process of uh, improving ties with Turkey. And actually, he also repeated that foreign policy positioning from Israel is another factor that adds to stability in the region. And uh, also the three ministers agreed that the next trilateral on a leader level will uh, happen at the end of the year in uh, Nicosia again. Well, of course, we have an election in Greece, and this is very premature to discuss about. But I think that somehow the three ministers touch the base because they don't want to let the dynamic of the relationship fade out. Vasily, as we wrap up, I want to bring us back to the Aegean. What are you looking out for when it comes to Turkey over the next months as both Greece and Turkey head to elections? Well, you know, this is a million-dollar question. And this is why, as you very correctly noted, that We really don't know what will happen in in Turkey. If Erdogan gets somehow re-elected, okay, we have some understanding of what's happening there. Uh, AKP has been in power for 22, 23 years. All the state apparatus is uh, formed under AKP and uh, Erdogan's main people will stay in certain positions, so not a lot of things will change. But if we go to another government with another president, supported by six parties, six parties that don't have a lot of common features between them. And, okay, they have a declared target of overthrowing Erdogan, but other than that, we know little. We should wait. Now, on uh, what's important, uh, and it, we broke the story a couple of days ago, is that Mr. Panagatopoulos, the Minister of Defense, will travel to southeast Turkey at the 4th of April, where he will meet with his counterpart, Hulusia Kar. Of course, again, all caveats apply that we don't know if those two ministers will still be sitting in their uh, positions after the summer. But what's important there is that it seems that there has started an unofficial discussion between the two sides on on other measures of, if I could use that very uncharming word, deconfliction, as NATO puts it. But we will see how this will evolve. We already have that unofficial agreement on moratorium on large-scale exercises for the months until the elections, but also for the summer period. And we'll have to see what happens after the summer. Now, aside from those very important factors, which, in my opinion, are who will be sitting where in Ankara after the Turkish elections, I think that the strategic outlook from Ankara's point of view on how East Mediterranean should be and what the Turkish position in the area should be, I think that this leaves limited room for optimism on what could be the long-term prospect of Greek-Turkish relationship. And this is why I think that it is very important that now that there is a window of opportunity, Greece and Turkey should find a way of, you know, getting into dialogue. And this dialogue should occur under certain terms and conditions. Greece, of course, cannot discuss about the sovereignty of its own islands in the Eastern Aegean, about the Turkish Libya memorandum. And if you allow me, we've seen the failure of that kind of dialogue in the previous rounds of exploratory talks. 
that happened, of course, during the very extreme crisis between the two countries because of Turkish hostility, uh, where the Turkish delegation was referring, of course, to that issue as well. So I think that, you know, we have to overcome a lot of, of hurdles in order to have a principled dialogue that would lead at some result. There is a window of opportunity, as I already said, but we also have to be realistic and, you know, not get overly enthusiastic about, uh, I don't know, something spectacular in Greek-Turkish uh, relationship in the following months. Vasily, thanks again for joining us. Thank you. In other news, Prime Minister Mitsotakis promised Friday to extend an existing wall across all of the country's land border with Turkey as he campaigned for the general election. Mitsotakis presided over a ceremony to sign his government's decision to nearly double the length of the existing steel border wall over the next year. The government argues the wall has functioned as an effective deterrent against illegal migration, helping prevent more than 250,000 crossings at the land border last year. Border security remains a high-profile issue in Greece due to long-standing disputes with Turkey and a mass migration of refugees and migrants into the EU during 2015 and 2016, largely triggered by war in Syria and Iraq. Finally, Cypriot and U.S. relations have never been stronger. Minister of Defense of the Republic of Cyprus, Michalis Yorgalas, stressed during the signing ceremony of a state partnership program between the Republic of Cyprus and the New Jersey National Guard. Under the program, the Cypriot military will cooperate with the New Jersey National Guard on a variety of issues, including maritime security, counterterrorism, search and rescue, and other fields. Addressing the ceremony, Yorgala said that over the last two years, Cyprus has embarked on fulfilling its ambition to build close, robust, and mutually beneficial bilateral cooperation between Cyprus and the USA. That wraps up today's episode of The Greek Current. Thanks for tuning in. Mm-hmm.